Hello and welcome yet again to the American Horror Story podcast. This for the hotel season brought to you by the Bald Move Network. You can find all of our stuff on baldmove.com. Today we're talking about episode 502, Shoots and Ladders, my favorite board game. Your favorite board game? My favorite. I've never outgrown it. <laughs> uh, I'm Cecily. And I'm Aaron. What did you think of this episode? I thought that it was way too long. It's unconscionable that he didn't split this into two separate episodes. Yeah, my first thought about the episode, no matter how good it is, that it was just too long, so I find it hard my, to wrap my head around that. But otherwise, I think that it was a great two episodes that he just stuck on us in one night. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. there's a lot of debate about this in the forums and on Facebook about people saying... It's great the FX kind of lets doesn't set this arbitrary sixty minute limit for your television show and, mm-hmm. and the shows like Fargo use it to great effect because sometimes you need that extra two or three minutes that you know you can really ni- nicely tie something up. But then you got guys like Ryan Murphy and um, Kurt Suter uh, who does the um, Sons of Anarchy and mm-hmm. they'll just run a two hour episode up on you with no warning. And for and thirteen kind of, episodes that are approximately an hour and a half each that's just yeah but i don't know why you need the extra time and for a part-time podcaster such as yourself that's not what you want to see <laughs> when you're settling down to do your notes of that evening an hour and 48 minutes is not what you want to see yes it's you 10 had o'clock an hour on budge. a wednesday night it's just too much yeah so we're gonna see this might make the uh recap messy because i'm gonna want to hustle through it as quickly as possible um but we'll see how you do it because you're running a recap this weekend <laughs> this week this week, yep. And all weeks to come, probably. <laughs> I've abdicated the throne. Okay. This is a lot of responsibility. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, we open with uh, Sally's crying and sewing Gabriel, the person we thought was dead, and maybe he is dead, hmm. into the mattress. Um, she kisses him and says that he can't avoid death, and then you hear cries of help through the vent. So in this scene, we find out that Sally's the one who's been sewing everyone into mattresses. What do you think about that? Hmm. Has she been sewing everyone? Is that like her job? It does seem like everyone has a singular thing that they do. Yeah. So probably. So, I don't know. I don't really know what her horror archetype is yet. Me either. You know, she's like an evil crow lady. That's all I can tell so far. <laughs> who's always crying. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. That's impressive. If those are actual tears from Sarah Paulson. <laughs> um, so she follows the cries of help down our first shoot of the episode, if we want to play the name game, into the what I've deemed the neon feeding room. The couple of Elizabeth's children feeding from her and Sally screams at Iris to keep her quiet because there's a cop. We find out that John is not there at this time. Um, Holden says she's tastes... Gross. That was Holden, right? Uh-huh. And then we uh, <laughs> discover that she is dead. So that cleaned that up nicely. Yeah. Um, Liz Taylor wheels her. Blood her... turns to tuna fish juice Ew. as soon as you die. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> just, just rules the show, man. It's not my fault. That's the Swedes. Um, it's the Ludafisk <laughs> that they continually eat. 
Liz Taylor wheels her to the laundry room where we see the ghost laundress again. Um, they dump her down the chute. She lands on a mattress and she's surrounded by other corpses who have been there for, you know, but not as many as you would think judging from what we've seen so far. Like I feel someone's doing something. There's a corpse taker down there that's doing something. But some of those weren't really decaying. Really? Because I thought the other body I saw was the dude that came out of the mattress from the first episode. Yes, he's all boiling and kind of crapulent, but he was that way when he came out of the mattress. But so they put him downstairs after the mattress incident? I thought thought that's who that dude was. Yeah. I thought it would have been a nice touch if they'd also shown that her friend was there next to her. Mm. I don't know where her body went. Yeah. Well, she might still be. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe she got dissolved in a tub of acid. They got several different ways to remove bodies. But something, yeah, that's not like even a week's worth of corpses for this hotel. Right. Something about her body, unusable. Yeah. (laughs) So um, we go down to the children's room where the children are donating blood to Elizabeth. What do you think about this? I don't get it. She asked them to have juice and cookies. So the kids eat regular food. They drink the blood just to be taken out and given to Elizabeth. Do they drink? Can she just take the blood straight from the woman and put it in the decanter? I yeah. I don't know whether this is some kind of. Uh, it's supposed to show that Elizabeth is a higher class because she does just drink from people normally. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe she uses these to filter out the junkies and the disease. But those sweet girls maybe this look is like, like they were fine. Maybe this is like a really nice sweet dessert wine, like from a. Uh, from a Swedish woman and all the kids, and it filters through the kids who do nothing but eat candy and juice and cookies all day. Uh, right? Okay. All right. <laughs> it's so a like delicacy. A, this, is like, this is like a Mexican soda. It's just pure cane sugar, <laughs> and yes. you know, it just goes down very agreeably. Exactly. Okay, we'll go with that. So Iris takes the decanter to Elizabeth's room and asks for Donovan. Elizabeth shuts the door in her face, and we find out that Donovan is avoiding his mother. Um, Like you do. He says that because of her, that Iris is stuck with him forever. So I think that confirms that Iris is also an immortal of some type. Mm -hmm. Um, Or he could just be saying that because you gave her the job downstairs. Still, I can't get a read on Kathy Bates' age. Right now, and, and wasn't she the same age as? She, that's the the kit the the clutcher for me is that she hasn't aged in twenty years, right? Like Kathy Bates in nineteen ninety look, looked like Kathy Bates in two thousand fifteen. She did look different; like she had less glasses and her hair was shorter. There were some differences, but I don't know that that determines age. Well, yeah, way. I don't know the rules. The vampires not grow <laughs> hair. Like it seems like they only are immortal. As we find out in the sense that they don't age or they don't die, mm-hmm. but they can be wounded and, and all that kind of stuff. Killed. Kilt. <laughs> Kilt. So um, Donovan is getting comfortable with Elizabeth. We find out that he wants to be that married or that boring married couple that binge watches House of Cards all night like we do. Yeah. And then he also drops on her that... Or he drops on us, the audience, reminds her that they she is running out of money. Ooh. And for someone who just sold a hotel, that, I find that to be surprising. I don't think she owns a hotel, though. No, because she just sold it. Don't you get money from that? But I don't think she ever owned a hotel. Really? No, this, I think the the ghost uh, of, what's the his ghost face of owns what? it? Of Evan Peters. But she's the living widow. The ghost of Evan Peters' career. <laughs> oh, it's a horrifying thing in the show. 
<laughs> but she's the living widow. Well, they didn't show her face, but oh, I think it's pretty right. clear. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. They they didn't actually confirm that yet, but it was definitely her. Well, that was the <laughs> second episode that happened concurrently with this episode, so I kind of lost track. Right. Um. Okay. So. Donovan is boring her, and we see it all over her face. He's boring she, me. Yeah, he absolutely is. For someone is that pretty, I just can't stand him. Um, so she, you can see it in her eyes in the scene that she just decides that she's over it. She goes to this art exhibit herself, and uh, you see her hunting and possibly finding prey through this light installation. Cut to opening credits. Have anything to say about that? Mm-mm. So we come back to Alex making a house call. Um, this is one of those scenes that we didn't need. This is one of those things that you could have just cut out, but I think it was just a chance for Ryan Murphy and the gang to um, make a very pro-vaccination statement. Sure. This WebMD mom is saying that she knows best <laughs> and that she's scared. I think the proper term is a crunchy mom. Crunchy mom? Yeah. Never heard that. Yeah. I guess it's it's a kind of a, 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 a reference to the granola nature of them. Oh. The type of, you know, that they don't get vaccinated and they have measles, chicken pox parties and, you know. Yeah. Only put their kids in 100% organic, responsibly raised, <laughs> cruelty-free cotton. Yes. That kind of thing. <laughs> They're crunchy. So for that reason, her kid has the measles. There's no treatment and... Uh, He'll live eventually. Maybe, unless he dies. Then whatever. She kind of brought that on herself. Sure. So back at the Hotel Cortez, uh, John Lowe is sleeping, and he wakes up to the radio and TV at 2.25. (laughs) Do you think this crunchy mom's son is going to die, and then do you think that's part of... Do you think that's part of uh, Lady Gaga's shtick? Hmm. That she only embraces children who are lost in some way. Like, this kid... Is going to die of measles because his mom's an idiot. Uh, Holden was going to be abducted and killed by a child predator because his dad's an idiot. And she like swoops in and saves these children from natural death. I don't... Because think about the pattern that she's had with these other guys, too. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of breaks the mold with the the dandy. But um, Donovan, he Mm -hmm. was dying of a drug overdose. I mean, Tristan... That was probably something she engineered. Tristan, no, I don't think so. Tristan seemed to be well on his way to self-destruction. Sure. Oh, no, no. But I'm trying to get exactly if she's got some kind of moral code about turning new vampires. Is she like a, a you know, is she like a Tom Cruise in Interview with the Vampire? She's more impetuous and impulsive about it, doesn't really have rules, or is she more... Like, I get think of vampires classically supposed to be, where it's a sober, responsible decision. I honestly don't know. But I honestly don't think that scene meant anything. Okay. <laughs> well, I'd be surprised if it was just a shot at anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Really? I Yeah. I know, I, I know that's probably not something I have any right to say when we're dealing with this uh, Ryan you, J. Murphy. But but you believe that we'll see this kid in the, or the mom again? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Maybe she gets sued for malpractice. Maybe the mom is one of those people gets, who's just so dumb that she takes that out on the doctor Mm-hmm. If her because her son dies, you should have forced me to get a vaccination, just like I complain about in my newsletter, <laughs> Crunchy Mom. 
Okay, so uh, John wakes to the radio and the TV at 2.25. He looks up at the vent over his head. Um, another shoot reference. The laundress, the ghost laundress appears for turn down service. Have you noticed all the sheets she's carrying are bloody? Mm-hmm. Um, well, this hotel puts keeps her busy. Yeah. As we find. Yeah. And he looks up again for a quick shot of the addiction demon. Ah. Um, ah. He goes over to the bathroom and opens a shower curtain to see some dead people having sex. This is very much The Shining. Yes. Uh, I find it shocking how much they're just... We have an email that puts out, I think, no less than six similarities thus oh, far to okay. The Shining. okay. I'll wait for that. Yep. Um, he, so we, he wakes up again. It's still 2.25. I caught the clock there. Um, the door is open and Holden is at the end of the hall and he chases him down the stairs into the lobby. Can't find him. Um, before we go into this bar scene, do you think that he ever woke up or do you think this to, I think to this, to the end of him talking to Sally, a long dream? Could be. I have no evidence either way. I I, yeah. I thought it was happening in uh, contemporary time or real time, but you're right. The structure of the episode and even what is cribbing from The Shining suggests that there is some time fuckery at play. Right, because in The Shining, Jack Nicholson sure. wasn't talking to anyone, or sure. he was talking to ghosts. And he was also trapped in 1914 or something. That was at the end. Which I still don't know what that means. <laughs> um. So... We'll save that for the Shining podcast. Okay. So he goes back up to the bar to get a better view, and Sally and Liz Taylor are there. She says that this place is crazy. We all figured that out. Um, he's she sm- sniffs out that he's hanging on to his sobriety, and she says that the hours between two and three is the worst, and it's exactly between two and three. So he decides to stick around. <laughs> Yeah, I, forget, I can't remember what uh, it might have been Tony Dungy, I guess, was famous for saying to his players that nothing good happens after two o'clock in the morning. Hmm. He's like, That's only bad advice. things. He's like, only bad things come for when you try to chase an evening. You don't want it to be over, and it's like time to take another drink, time to take another hit, time to go to another bar. It's a That's shame when that you get Ray fucked. Rice wasn't a cult. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cult, cult. <laughs> Sally says that. Uh, Patty Smith complimented her poems, and uh, she helped her write a song. And she tells a classic tale of addiction. She tried to get higher and higher and get that first high, that perfect high back again. Can't. Like, like climbing an endless ladder. Shoots mm. and ladders. There it is. Um, and uh, you want to get lost. And then uh, she asks him the details of how he got sober or his very last drunk to be more specific. Um, and I, I saw the feedback here, but someone pointed out that this is actually a true st- or is based on a true story or it has actually happened. But the last time he got drunk, he went to work and found that a man had apparently killed his entire family by poison and then killed himself. John, uh, correctly detects that the man brought, it was just a, had a bad case of the stupids. Brought a, a Darwin gas, Award loser. Yeah, gas generator. I thought inside. that that was pretty shitty police work there, Lou. Not being able to detect that there is a generator <laughs> that's running on. And... There's a reason you get the promotion up to detective. I guess. I guess. 
Not sure I agree with your police work there, Lou. <laughs> um, but yeah, that poor family, all of them very much dead. So that upset him so much. He got drunk and stayed gone for two days. And when he finally did come home, he tried to make it up to his family by taking them to Beach Carnival and then lost Holden that totally day. Totally backfired. Yep. Totally backfired. So I got to say, based on this, and mm-hmm. maybe I should save it for their conversation, Alex and John's conversation later, but I don't know how how Alex never held it against John. Oh, yeah. That he's responsible for. Because you're acting way sketchy, and then you come and you do this big showy thing, and then also your son disappears. Two days gone drunk. You're still super hungover. He looks great on that day, uh-huh. but that's beside the point. It's uh, it's not a great day Plus to be making decisions. Plus, there's point that there is some, something subtle with um, him actually getting that text message or looking at his phone that maybe it points to him having an affair didn't you say that too yeah which would also and we'll get to that in feedback but also that's kind of throws a little light or shade on his explanation for being gone for two days right like maybe you were also taking some of that two days to go see your mistress maybe he's don drapering maybe in a drunken haze without really remembering it he came and stayed at the hotel cortez and lost those two days huh maybe he lost them with sally Ooh. Maybe he lost him with the addiction demon. So, um, man, uh, what's that guy's name? The guy that plays John, uh, West Bentley. West Bentley can do better than uh, uh, Sarah Paulus and Sally. Yeah, he could go for Thor Birch. Thor Birch. Yeah, he's the guy from American Beauty. Get the fuck out! <laughs> he's the trash. He's the swirling yeah. shopping bag filmer. Yep, that's him. <sighs> all right, then. <laughs> uh, Mina Savari. Definitely all over it. Um, So John is back at work and finds confirmation that the, oh, no, no, his chief, his police chief? I don't know. His boss? Uh, Some guy? So Yeah. Okay. Um, Tells him that the the cheating murder, what do you want to call that? The lust murder. Okay. That's not a commandment. Um, That victim is in a coma. Mm -hmm. Is in a coma. And the killer knows how to hack phones to send out text messages, which we already knew. And then a package arrives from the Hotel Cortez, and he calls for a bomb squad, only to discover that it is the bloody Oscar mm. that the used to kill the blogger of the Oscars for uh, idolizing false idols. I guess I that know. would be the idolatry thing, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything to say about that? No. Nope. Okay. So back at Hotel Cortez, they're having a fashion show. Uh, we meet uh, Claudia. Because, again, the guy who bought the hotel, who's a real estate magnate, is also a fashion designer. Yep, that too. Uh, we meet- this is stupid. <laughs> this is another thing that this just didn't belong. Like, I get you have to have a way to introduce this character, but my God, Murphy. Mm. Really? Yes. Like, if the only reason this guy's a fashion designer is so you could plausibly throw a fashion this thing in your hotel, then I just want to call bullshit. But whatever. Also, we're going to meet Tristan and Naomi Campbell, who plays Claudia. Is she going to be a recurring part, or is this just a guest star thing? Because she was pretty... I mean, she's, of course, visually interesting and striking, but I thought she was putting a little bit of extra 
in, in more than just like a guest spot. Well, while they're talking, she says that she's going to be spending the week. So there, there's at least a week, and mm. they did make a point of her and John making a connection, and her she going to die. Um, I fucking him. So she going to die. Something's gonna happen. Maybe she's going to kill someone with a cell phone, as Naomi Campbell is apt to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Scarlett is dropped off by a police officer, and uh, John or Will rather invites him to stay for the show, and they do. And then because sure, because why not? And then uh, Sally. Is trying to get into the fashion show or just into the hotel? I think just into the hotel and it's closed off for a private event. Yep. So they tell her to get lost and her and Scarlett make um, eye contact and that stops her in her tracks. What do you think that meant? Don't know. But I, I don't know because the next time she sees her, her teeth fall out. So. Stop it. I don't want to talk about it until it's time to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> but I, I mean, until that scene happened, I thought that maybe she was seeing Sally or she was seeing Scarlett rather as like, her innocent childlike self, and she just felt remorse, something like You're that. You're reading a lot into this episode. I am. Which I'm making good the for best you, of it. Because I, I was just taking everything at surface level. Because Sally is an unstoppable tornado of chaos, and she sees this innocent child who you describe as what a too cute to function. Something. something. I think I don't know why I feel like this little girl is just like a, a she's precocious and adorable, which is kind of like my kryptonite as far as children, cute little cute little girls go. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like that's the kind of daughter I would like if I had a daughter. Yeah, but instead we have a shitty cat. <laughs> we have a shitty cat and a, and a surly preteen. <laughs> He's actually perfectly lovely. He is. He's that precocious kind of cute. Um. So we Lachland is the little boy's name. Who? Which Will, one? Will's son, Lachland. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you're right. It is some kind of really pretentious thing. Yeah. So he says, um, "I'll show you something really cool later." Elizabeth and Donna, or Elizabeth and Donna, Vin make their grand entrance into the fashion show, and they uh, spot John Lowe for the first She's time. She's the job of the hut to the Bunta <laughs> Eve race. Does that She's make Donna Vin to... slave Leia? He is, yeah. She's <laughs> going to bite uh, one of the model's heads off and spit it at a gong to start it. That would have been great, and I don't think anyone would have blinked <laughs> no, an eye. <laughs> not, not at this. You can have a full-on f- fist fight in the middle of this fashion show, and nobody even gets up from their seat. No, they won't. This it's is art. just Tuesday. It's art. Is what this is in the <laughs> world. Um, and then... She says that John Lowe is also cute, and Donovan says, I think more to the audience than anyone, you do have a type. As mm-hmm. we discussed last week, all the men on the show seem to be her type. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lachlan and Scarlett sneak out. Claudia explains that Will Drake has booked Tristan Duffy for or to make an ass of himself on the runway. Yeah. Interspersed with shots of him smashing up pills and snorting them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elizabeth, did you catch this? Elizabeth glanced out of the corner of her eye and then it followed her gaze and she saw the children sneak out. So that's going to be significant sometime in the next 14 hours of television we have to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's a conservative number. It could be as high as 20. It could be. We don't know. Tristan comes down the runway. He, uh, smashes a glass of champagne and then smashes the glass of the champagne. Mm-hmm. Um, he grabs a woman and kisses her, sure. gets in a fight with a boyfriend, and just as he's about to 
stab him, presumably, with this broken glass. He catches Elizabeth's eye. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And then he... I can't make you a beautiful immortal vampire if you're wanted for murder and you rot in a cell. It's Arch. <laughs> he could have done anything while he was on that furry red carpet. <laughs> yeah. Furry white carpet. It's an absolute defense <laughs> to all crime. Yes. You were on the front row of a runway. What were you expecting? You were asking for it. Exactly. You are asking for that champagne glass shiv. Yep. Um, and then she says his rage smells like copper, which I think that... the same as saying it smells like blood? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I'm just saying now I think you can safely assume what Jeff Bezos smells like. Mm. He's filled with both rage and ah, copper. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, smells like a male fashion model. So Will comes into the dressing room to tell the model he hired to be um, crazy to get his shit together. That was actually Will? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh, okay. I thought that was like the show Drake. I didn't get that that was the same guy. Yeah, that was actually him. Huh. Will Drake I thought was a lot more strapping. And this guy seemed a little bit more not as strapping. Dark. Shine Jackson is handsome. Anyway. I'm not saying anything about his handsomeness. I'm talking about impressive from a physicality standpoint. Oh, I see. Like, you know, you know what? Wes I... Bentley's not strapping. Yeah. I couldn't He's help slight. but notice as Tristan was r- walking or... Um, Finn Whitlock really was walking back down the runway uh-huh. that all the actual models around them made him look so small. Sure. <laughs> sure. So I didn't notice that. But uh, Tristan says the show is over and cuts his face open and quits modeling, <laughs> which doesn't last. My modeling long. career is over. <laughs> Dunzo. Oh, yeah. He's so douchey, man. Oh, he's the worst. And that's the thing. Like, I don't. I don't really want to take Donovan's side in anything because he's kind of douchey too. But like in a douche off, Tristan wins mm-hmm. walking away. I mean, oh, yeah. it's it's insane. Like so, I I respect Gaga's vampire glampire ninety percent less that she turned this guy. Yeah, because then he throws down the scissors and says, "I hate you, I hate you, I hate you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, a little bit of the dandy bleeding over. <laughs> yeah. The kids go down an empty pool to find a bunch of uh, kitty coffins, kitty bunk beds, since they're doubling up. Yeah. He says they won't wake up, but Holden does. Wah, wah, wah. Mm-hmm. Scar, uh, sh- so what do you think? Uh, what did you say? What's the little kid's douchey name? Lachlan. Lachlan. What do you think? Lach- no, it's <laughs> Lachlan. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he does when it wakes up? Because we don't see him the rest of the episode. He's met the children awake, so but that's true. So I don't think it's shocking. Maybe he's actually can. recruiting. Again, I'm I'm shocked that Elizabeth would take him down there and reveal her secrets if she's not going to turn him or whatever. And maybe he is turning. That's what I'm saying. He's not blonde. But he's not blonde. He's not wearing a little. But we've sh- never shitty seen suit. Like uh, we assume that Holden was always that platinum blonde. Yeah. Because that's how he was in the pictures. That's how his sister actually is. Mm-hmm. So I'm not convinced that that's part of the... I mean... Uh, exactly. But all of her saying... glampire boyfriends don't turn blonde. It's true. So I'm convinced that the children have a look. And that's what makes yes, them... a she... type. She has a type. Yeah. So what the fuck is she doing with... Uh... Lachlan? Lachlan. Mm. Lachlan. Her plan is yet to be revealed. So we see Scarlett back at home watching a video of her brother on the beach... Which we're to understand from the last episode that she doesn't really remember what her brother looks like all the time. So she's doing some research here. 
Um, Tristan breaks into Elizabeth's room and starts just rifling through drawers before Donovan catches him. He's looking for Coke, Donovan. And also sellable jewelry, apparently. <laughs> I guess. Models don't get paid enough. Yeah. Uh, famous models, especially. I don't know why they do, though. Because we, we were talking about this. I was like, why are internationally famous supermodels wealthy commodities? Because they're essentially pretty things to hang clothes on. And there's no short of beautiful people in this world. Like, the second one gets a bit uppity, Mm -hmm. you dispose them and get the next prettiest one in line, and there you go. Like, I really don't understand fashion modeling. You have to take a certain percentage of them and... I'm not saying they shouldn't get paid nothing. They're probably well paid. And make them well known. Because when Naomi Campbell plays this fashion or Vogue editor, you know it's Naomi Campbell because she's a famous model. Yes. I think that you have to make them into a brand. But the machine makes Like this thing. particular pretty so you thing. You destroy them. So why do you put up with any kind of bullshit diva behavior? My pretty thing over here has my clothes hanging on it. Uh-huh. So don't you want it more? Instead of this other pretty thing that you've never seen before. This one is wearing my clothes. So you should all buy it. It sells. It actually works. No, I get it. It does. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't understand why they're some precious commodity because they could be made, remade, and destroyed at any, you know, it's it's kind of plantation-y. You are insulting a person's profession, sir. <laughs> I, is it a profession? Yes. <sighs> I mean, in the same way that, like, those nude sushi plate are is a profession, you're an attractive person, you're getting paid so, to be a living sushi plate for some rich person's party. Now you've crossed a line. Have I? Have I? Or are the people eating sushi off of people's naked bodies the ones crossing the line? I'm just the sane person crying madness in the <laughs> insane world. All right. Well, hate mail to <laughs> a.ron at If you're a naked sushi model, we'd like to know your story. <laughs> if you're any kind of model, please send all your hate mail to him. Mm-hmm. Um, where were we? He's looking for a Coke. Donovan stops him, attacks him, and says, I usually don't deal with junkies, but I'll make an exception for you. Licks the blood off his cheek before Elizabeth stops him. Yeah. Yeah. He escapes. And you, I you feel like thoughts. Elizabeth could say the same, except for, no, she, her type is kind of junky. Now, that's mm-hmm. the thing about Donovan is I think he's more interesting just because I see him more of this kind of cultured guy. But was he exact, Was he literally like Tristan when he got turned? We because saw him. If that's the case, he why is Gaga He was dying on a bed that? with Sally. Why is Gaga do that? I don't know. If you can, like, t- if I'm 100 years old, I'm going to be pretty bored with the likes of Tristan in about five minutes. I am bored with the likes of Tristan in five minutes, and I'm totally normal. I'm dying quickly. <laughs> yes, yes. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get the. I, but as you say, her, That's her, her ultimate type. plans and motivations have yet to be revealed. Exactly. He's interesting. He cuts his face for fun. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So he gets in the elevator, and he is taken and stopped at floor seven. Um, he pries opens the door. Pries open the door. Follows the music, the big band music. We hear various scary noises in all of the rooms he passes, as well as um, Martin Luther King overhead for a reason. Overheard or overhead? Was he just floating? Both. Okay. Both. He was there. I am a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he sees some room service, opens up the tray, and it's score. It's one bite out of a sandwich. So he goes to eat it, and it's just full of rot it's what and you, maggots. That's what you get for eating dumpster food. Uh, Goddamn you dumpster raccoon. person. Yeah. 
He's literally a horrible garbage person. Yes, he is. You are what you eat, buddy. So he backs up in horror into an open room and proceeds to steal some jewelry and do some general looting. Oh, that's that's the part where I was thinking he's looting. Okay. Yeah. So he, um, we meet Mr. March, played by Evan Peters. Um, he does some general espousing of. It's tight. He's not. So you like him? I think he's terrible. His character's kind of interesting. But... I'm buying it because I watched a lot of old movies growing up. Like Turner Classic Movies was all I watched. Sure. So this oh, this hyper dramatic, you know, over accented guy from the 40s or 50s. No, from the 20s. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm buying it, and I think it's the best character he's played so far. He's the bad Gatsby, is what he is. Exactly. Uh, I'm I'm okay with that. All right, fine. I like it. He did have one kind of nice, subtle part of his performance that I enjoyed that's going to come later. But Is it when he was fucking that person and stabbing them at the same time? No. Okay. We'll no. get to that. <laughs> so he grabs, a gr- he grabs a gun and says, hey, you haven't gotten high until you've tried this. The laundress comes in with a bar prostitute and tells him to shoot her in the head. And um, he won't do it and i forget how but somehow he pushes him down on the bed next to him he tries to force a gun on him pushes him down on the bed next to the prostitute and he says you're missing out shoots the woman right next to him and that freaks tristan out i don't know why because it doesn't seem i feel like tristan's the kind of guy especially in his kind of coked up state that would have shot a hooker just to see what it was like yeah I mean, after all the craziness you've seen. Especially since just later in this episode, he takes to killing people for their blood like a duck to water. So, yeah, not a whole lot of consistent characterization, Murphy. Exactly. What the fuck? So, uh, Mr. March asks for clean sheets and the laundress says, well, this will be a horror to get out or something Mm. like that. Um, I just want to point out that I love her. Like, as... What do you call that? Not a guest star, but like a very minor co-star. She's Supporting she's kill yeah, she's killing this role. Okay. The the laundress. Do you yeah, like no, her? she's she's pretty good. She's and, a lot of fun. And her and him together are almost worth the, the price of admission. Yeah. It's fun. So Elizabeth catches Tristan in the elevator. Any thoughts about this scene? Nope. Okay. So Scarlett is on the bus by herself, and she's looking at a photo of her mom and dad and her and her brother. I'm having difficulty determining from the video and the picture that we've seen whether or not Holden and Scarlett are the same age. Are they twins? I don't know, because I'm waiting for... Like, until I until I start analyzing this stuff super close, I'm waiting to see if there's going to be a thing. Like So, if, so I guess... I could see Murphy making some kind of mystical significance of them being twins. And I could also see it just not, you know, it, this is all just details that no one cares about. So <laughs> I'm going to wait. Like, Well, my bad. If it turns. No, I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. saying that. It's just like I'm I, I'm not that many months removed from True Detective 2 right. where I looked into everything and hardly any of it was worth anything. So it's like if he wants to make it a big deal out of twins, I'll be like, all right, Murphy, I see you. I see you. No <laughs> problem. And if he wants to pretend like this was not a big deal, then that's fine too. Yeah. So uh, so she arrives at the hotel. We find out that it's only the next day. So they're still cleaning up. 
She goes down to the pool. The coffins are empty. She goes through an open door down the hall, finds the... Um, Video game palace. What do you call that? A fake wall, breakaway wall. The Murphy door. A faux wall. Yeah, the Murphy door. Um, and uh, Holden is there by himself. He oh, was... it's not actually... Did you know that's a real thing? What? There's this place on... It's called Murphy's Door. Uh-huh. And they specialize in making secret passage doors. Oh, interesting. And they make them look like bookshelves and other different random things. And they're really cool. Make a note when we find No, them. I already have. That's okay. how I know about this. <laughs> I saw it in like a airline magazine a while back. And I'm like, that's going into my next house. So we are going to have our own secret passage murder house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't tell anyone. We're going to call it the Ryan for code word. <laughs> um. So Holden has been there waiting for her and asks what took so long. Um, he reveals that he knows her name and remembers her maybe. Maybe he's in this stasis where he's not moving or changing in his mind at all forever. I don't know. Um, she comments that he's changed or she has changed and he has not. Which, it's very Peter Pan. Which makes me just question what ages they are. Um, Holden... She says, well, let's go home. Holden says that he is home and he wants to stay, but she's welcome to visit any time. She tries to, she says, I'm going to leave now, but first let me take a selfie. And as she does that, he tries to bite her, which makes the picture turn out blurry. We find out later. turns out creepy. Yeah. Um, Marilyn Manson video. Yeah. So then Sally runs away and, no, I'm sorry. Scarlet runs away. Sally grabs her and... I blacked out. I don't know what happened next. I I was so I was worried that American Horror would forget about the horror because all this stuff so far, it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But I'm not I haven't felt a single bit of horror in now the hour and a half I've spent watching it. Then her teeth grind out and I'm like, ah This is so disturbing to me. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. I it, actually this is actually a recurring nightmare of mine. Sure. No, I, so, I know it is. It's it was particularly affecting, but no, it was it was terrible. It was terrible. Between Holden trying to bite Scarlet, which I thought was shocking, and then Sally's teeth snapping off and bleed I yeah. And she says, Kids are the best. <laughs> so what relationship Sally has with Scarlet? Can you imagine if you could cause that's a practical effect. Yeah. I kind of saw how they did it. Yeah. Can you imagine doing that for Halloween? Like, go to the door and answer it, and then just... Because you're right. I mean, it is kind of fun to scare kids. <laughs> and relatively easy to do so. So if you have, like, Hollywood-grade movie makeup magic at your disposal... Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Just yeah. saying. Sure. Yep. Yeah, my my mouth hurts. Um. So, we see Sally... all the exposed nerves. Yeah. And broken teeth. Yeah, how gritty that would be. Is this your mouth full of blood? Yep. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Seeing if I can just have you run screaming from the room. Not I working. Very strong. Might actually grind my own teeth out. Um, <laughs> Sally walked all the way home. What took a bus to get her to the Hotel Cortez? She walked all the way home in the dark. Mm. Um, there's cops everywhere. She had Google Maps guiding her, though. She did. Google's always by her cell side. Phone. With a. A child with a cell phone. Now <laughs> okay, that I... Google. Okay. Are ghosts real? <laughs> That's her conversation. <laughs> Google history. <laughs> oh, terrible. 
<laughs> Why did they give her a cell phone, but no no one tried to call her? Yeah, or track her down. That's yep. something cops can do. Yep. Yeah. They can do it. You can't. <laughs> okay. Um. So she comes inside. They all discover she's alive. They have a group hug. But the, the nice moment only lasts for a moment. Um. She reveals she took the bus to the hotel, saw Holden, and she snuck out of the bathroom window and the police officer um couldn't follow her. Yeah. Because apparently she's on full security detail twenty four seven. yeah, whatever. <laughs> Which I mean, she needs to be with this kind of kind of behavior. With John being Get a your dipshit. shit together, Scarlet. Oh, this is Scarlet's fault? I thought Scarlet and John have a good old fashioned guilt off, which she you totally mean Alex. won. No, I'm talking to Scarlet. Oh, Scarlet. Because he's all like, you're lying. Why are you telling these lies about your kid? And she's like, you're lying. He was dead. And I found out he was alive. And also, John, you know, you've seen Holden. So, like. Yeah. I guess this is, you could read this as him being hysterical, not wanting this to be true. Right. Or, you know, like, it's one thing if I'm deluded, but now my daughter's seeing it. This is fucked up. But Yeah. And then also, yeah, j- then then, uh, then Alex and John Alex and John have a guilt off. off, and John come she loses says, that one as well. She says, "I can't you make believe you made me go through that again." Well, neither can I. Jesus, I, how yeah. are you so forgiving? You you were wanting to overlook last episode where he took her to a crime scene and left her unattended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't, so I'm already like, "Oh no, you're totally." I don't. I can't believe you're. I didn't me... have the information of the circumstances of Holden's disappearance last episode. I'm just saying, yeah, I I didn't need any further evidence to find out that John is kind of like not good at this whole parenting thing. Hmm. Plus, I mean, if you're a detective who's investigating these really high profile murders, if anything, you'd be overprotective. Exactly. I mean. You don't turn your back on your child. Sure. Like I'm saying the normal person going out in the world shouldn't have that much fear that your child's going to be abducted. Sure. If you're in the business of dealing with people who abduct children. Sure. No, yeah. Uh, um so he looks at the photo and sees that it's blurry so it's not real evidence but he knows. He's seen a Marilyn Manson video before. <laughs> he knows how this works. So uh Tristan has become a glampire. And he says that he would do him because his skin is perfect and he doesn't look like a face of meth anymore. Um, and then Elizabeth reveals to him through all the rules of the glampire through literal sex position, sex position. Now, <laughs> it's funny because like we usually Game of Thrones sex position. It's two random people having sex or being naked in the foreground while some other character is actually saying something or monologuing. This was sex position. It is it's exposition while the characters get receiving it and giving it are are having sex. Yes. And various positions and lingeries and get ups. Yep. So what do we learn? We learn that it is a virus. It's a virus. And they never age and they have a boosted immune system. Mm-hmm. They can die by all the normal deaths bitch please of course of, <laughs> of course, course a bullet can. can kill you um <laughs> you're they, only immortal if you're smart i like that line yeah they don't bite they cut which we've seen um don't feed on the feeble the sick the bloated the old that seemed like a more of like a, a vegan stance than a real hard and fast rule though i don't know i think i'd apply that rule to my own meals generally i eat mcdonald's i don't, I don't eat, like to but sometimes i do i don't eat saying. a green b- banana before it's ripe i don't eat 
a brown banana that's been sitting on top of the fridge for a but couple weeks. But you will weeks. make banana bread out of it. That's true. But so, I want to just eat the thing straight. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, eating a, yeah, du- if she, a McDonald's if she double wants... cheeseburger is roughly the equivalent of eating a drifter. Uh, like a hepatitis C drifter. Uh, okay, sure. Granted, we all have those nights where we had so a now, little too much to drink. I look we like swing this. Through, I don't look like Lady Gaga. So she Taco probably, Bell late she at probably night. is a vegan vampire. <laughs> all right. Um. So <laughs> she has her first lingerie change during this sex position. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots also, of shoe changes too. Yeah, lots of shoe changes. She's reshod several times. Yes. <laughs> um. She says that the sun won't kill you, but it will sap your vitality. You don't need to sleep in a coffin, but she prefers uh, dark rooms and a comfy bed. So really the only thing she's innovated over Anne Rice or the Murphy is that they don't have fangs. Mm-hmm. That's literally the only big, the, the only difference. Yeah, I guess so. They so. do coke. And also, Lady Gaga self-identifies as a fucking vampire. So Murphy, <laughs> you and I... Need to have some words. Uh, I could argue that, but that's fine. But she herself said vampire. She said we were all vampires then, but then later goes on to say that all of my friends died. So did she mean vampires as in we all stayed up all night and partied too hard and felt like they were immortal? Well, that's what I take it. No, seriously, I think she thought everyone in the late 70s on drugs felt like vampires, but still. Yeah, but she used the word real vampires. vampires. Exactly. She's, yeah, I'm just saying that this is all... Agreed. I mean, whatever. So uh, we skipped ahead a little bit, but he, she said, calls him or says Bellissimo to him and says that he reminds her of someone. And uh, yeah, we're going to get it. So here's the disappointing thing she's only like 110 years old. Mm -hmm. I was expecting her to be ancient. And this Bellissimo shit, like, I don't know that a hundred-year-old vampire can pull off foreign languages and loves on other continents and things like that. I think so. Uh, plus, the recurrence of your lover in less than a hundred years is a lot harder. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting what I think is happening here, and that she sees in Tristan some lover that she had in the past, and he's kind of reborn. And like, I'll, I'll buy a reincarnated thing, but I need like some, some, some vast oceans of time as gary oldman put it in dracula to believe <laughs> that stuff i don't think so it's, it's gotta be four or five hundred years i don't think it's a reincarnation i think that he literally just reminds her of someone we're gonna see a flashback she has a type she deals with stupid junkies mm. all the time you're bound to have some them all remind you of each other all right okay and then she says, don't get caught and do not fall in love. Save that for me forever. Mm-hmm. That works until I'm done with you. Um, so Something we haven't talked about is Lady Gaga riding on a horse, Lady Godiva style. I'm getting into this right now. Oh, okay. So she, uh, in a different scene with new lingerie and new shoes, she reveals <laughs> that she was born in 1904. And uh, her favorite time period was the 70s because every decade has a decadent period. And that was 70s the was her favorite. The decadiest. So then we run into, then we get into the Lady Godiva scene. She's got the horse, she's got the hair. I blacked out during this scene just because <laughs> it was so much decadence. So, so decadent. So just very, very gaga. Wow. Yep. So uh, Donovan finds them together. Well, and, before we move on, yeah. I know a lot of people in the forums and elsewhere were kind of hating on Gaga's performance. Mm-hmm. 
I think she's really good at doing what is being uh, of what is required from her. Yeah. I heard, um, maybe this isn't a feedback, maybe this is one that you got this week, but someone said that she was a classically trained actress. Oh, wow. Which I totally believe. I would buy that, too. Yeah, and for a woman who was born in 1904, I mean, just some of the things her she's stiff doing, aloofness, yeah. uh-huh. I buy it. Well, but then she's also got this kind of coquettish thing going yeah. on, but but with an edge, like a mastery to it. Like right. You usually see that in a you know, a woman that's trying to curry favor with a man, but here she's the experienced, more powerful one. And mm-hmm. she's still, I, I thought it was just really, really interesting. Yeah. I'm, I like what she's doing here. Um, so Donovan finds them together and she asks Tristan to give them some time together. But, but this, this confrontation between douche and douchier was so 90s era Skinamax. <laughs> they even had the, the music. music. Oh my god. The bwong with their shoulders touched. <laughs> yes, it it was so so And the neon lights, yeah. Very yeah, Skinamax. The red leather shoe diaries or whatever. <laughs> I mean this this is this is some 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 classic stuff here. Yeah. And so Donovan says uh he's just a trashy model and she says he was just a you were just a pathetic addict dying on a dirty floor. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> and um, she said, I didn't, I didn't want to hurt you. You just should have not been boring. And she makes him a drink. He says, I love you. She loves him back. And he tries to um, he tries to say that. I don't know. I'm sorry. She said that his turning was a spiritual experience for him. And she says that for Tristan... It was the most erotic experience of her life. Whatever. And so we find out here that... I thought she's just fucking with him, though. That I think the theme here in a lot of this is addiction. Throughout the season is one of the themes. Uh-huh. I think that Elizabeth's addiction is heartbreak. Doling oh. it out or feeling it herself. I'm sure she had some sort of att- attachment to him. Well, maybe that's what this Tristan thing is. This is the one, the one that actually did did damage to her and she's got this thesis that you don't grow as a person through any kind of you know personal advancement or triumph or love the only thing that actually teaches anything about yourself is loss and and heartbreak so iris is um separating the mail john comes up on her and says i'm arresting you for not watching my daughter better Um, she gets kind of flirty here, so you find out that Iris has her own interesting edge to her that you never get to see. Um. Why? Why do you say that? Well, she seems like this really tight, tightly wound woman who follows her son to hotels because he's getting high. Uh-huh. But in this, in this time, she's saying... Um, oh, I haven't had a man turn me around like that for years. Oh, and... so I think she's just reverse judoing her non-sexuality against Ex- him. Well, to make him feel uncomfortable. You have to have a certain amount of sexuality to reverse judo engineer. Mm. Maybe it's just rubbed <laughs> off on her by osmosis. Just watch Elizabeth closely. There you go. Um, so she says, just take the handcuffs off. I'll tell you everything. So um, they go up to the bar. He does not drink, which I'm glad. I thought he would break here. And she tells him the story about how James Patrick March built this hotel it was a, as a monument to excess and opulence in 1925, the halls have no rooms, 
There are some halls that have no rooms. Which is why it's a waste of a floor. Well, it's a secret pad. It's, it's, it's entirely, it's like a whole, there are floors that are nothing but secret passages. Oh, presumably to go other places. Okay. So, uh, all the contractors who question this presumably die. So he goes through a lot of contractors on this. And how sure. you don't get exposed sooner is beyond me. Are you familiar with A.J.H. Holmes? I am not. He uh, owned a hotel in about this time, in, and this is a true story, at the New York World's Fair, where people would come and stay, and people would come and stay forever. I'm familiar with Robert Durst, though, and I know you can get away a lot <laughs> if you have a lot of money. H.H. H. Holmes did this exact thing. He preyed on mostly young women, but he killed... Is this for real? He yeah, built a murder from... hotel. He built a murder it's a hotel. For... This isn't like embellished. He had a motel that he actually killed a few people and dumped their bodies down. No, there was a whole floor that had all doors that you could only op- or you could only lock or unlock from the outside, and that's where we would put people, but it was all very soundproof, and it was very creepy. He actually came through Indiana at some point. Jesus, how... How do you, as a general contractor, build this and not report it to the police? And I would have to read more about how how it was built, but I'm pretty maybe sure had, maybe I'm pretty sure that once construction was complete, he killed those people. Oh, okay. that they were like, "All right, this is weird, but we're gonna do it." And then they did it, and then and I guess you could have a reason for that was everything. Him. And plus, rich people yeah, are weird. Exactly. You, so he's like, I need like a this, whole floor of panic rooms. And they're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, a bunch of rooms that lock from the outside. I don't know. It's close to New York's World's Fair, so I'm pretty sure you could explain away with, like, this is an attraction or whatever. Or maybe we're expecting a lot of ruffians, so we need some place to house them until the police come to pick them up. Exactly. Okay. So fine. real person, real creepy. So uh, I want to read some more about this because this seems... H.H. Holmes, you said? H.H. Holmes. H-O-L-M-E-S. All right. Um, so he seems to resemble a lot of that character. So he... A lot of rape murder contraptions yeah. in his repertoire. Yeah. So he takes his contractors who's like, well, I don't know if I want to build a murder hotel for you. He takes him upstairs, which I presume is the floor seven where Tristan was earlier. Okay. Um, and he takes him to the safe, which just turns out to be his soundproof murder room mm-hmm. with its own chute and, uh, killed him. So then we see that he has a fetish for just killing people in all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. He bricks a woman into a room who's alive and screaming. Mm-hmm. Casa Montetillo Mont- style. Which is terrifying because the whole time, and it's not, he's not doing this work quickly, but the whole time he's doing this, she's going through this range of emotions, like this bargaining, acceptance, all that. It's terrifying. Um, And then, oh, he tries to stuff a handkerchief into her mouth to quiet her. And then a woman, a blonde woman, comes along, uh, March's wife. And she says, no, I like it. And he takes the handkerchief out. They never show the face, but I'm pretty sure that's Elizabeth. Yeah, the platinum hair is kind of a dead giveaway. And then we see his next murder is him having sex with a woman while he's just slicing her all all up. So horrible. It is horrific. It's really horrific. Um... And then we see the laundress come in, who it is revealed to be Ms. Evers is her name, her real name. Ghost laundress is 
what I'm going to be calling her though. Um, and he removed, and he has all the Bibles in the hotel removed because one guy showed him about yeah. God, and he's going to kill God. Exactly. Evicted um, the Gideons. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then the next scene is a bunch of bodies arranged in a way that spells something that I could not figure I out. Was, like high or... I thought it was supposed to go JPM. No, it wasn't. No? No, it was two letters. And then they were all surrounded by Bibles. Okay. I just could not figure it out. Hmm. I thought it was the JPM logo. Why would it be? Because like, cause leaving cause then, the... as it was showing that, the voiceover is like, he grew very incautious. And I'm yeah, like, how because much more incautious can you get? Then? They picked up a handkerchief with his initials on it. If he had well, spelled too, out yeah. his his initials with the bodies, then uh, yeah, you the handkerchief wouldn't make a difference. I don't know. Um, so then we go back to his murder office, and he is in the middle of disposing of a body with acid. Mrs. Evers comes in and says, the police are here. I'm so sorry to bother you, sir. And um, then they decide that they both have to die. And Miss Evers is all in on that. No, yeah, she's insane. Which she was from the beginning. She's um, crazy. So they have to decide which order to die. One has to die by knife and one by gun. Why couldn't they both be by gun? I don't think that's the case. I think it's, it's kind of like lady's choice for both of it. I don't think... Um, and then she says, I think he would choose death by blade just because that's the kind of fucked up dude he is. Yeah. So they have a kind of funny scene where they it go is. yeah, back and forth on, uh, she's like, well, I'd prefer you do it so I can do the sheets, but there's no time, but uh, you know, I'd really rather go first and I'd really rather you did it. I don't think I can kill myself. And I thought this is like more like you do the honors. Like you get oh. one last hit from me. Yeah. Get high off your own supply. Yeah. So he does. Um, pretty weird. Slits his own throat. Slits his own throat, bleeds into the acid body. It was... All right, that happened. Mm-hmm. We never see what happened to his wife. Um. <laughs> or have we seen the last two episodes? Ooh. Oh. Um, so present day, John Lowe gets upset. He's like, that's preposterous. And he doesn't believe her and storms out. Um, really, not before the guy she investigating the Ten Commandments killers is saying that this in 1920 is preposterous. Seriously. Before forensic science, fuck you, John. Yeah, exactly. You're a terrible detective. But not before she reveals to him that the room that she put him in is this guy's old office, and that's why he's been seeing all this creepy shit. Whoa. So, uh, based on the fact that he yells at Iris and he yelled at his daughter earlier, we can assume that he is just in denial about. Um, what a shit storm he's walked into. Sure. They make a murder weapon connection here and in his office. And they make a connection that the murders are all done to follow the Ten Commandments. What are the other ones? I missed there was the Oscar one, there was the the lusting after another spouse. I don't know the Ten Commandments very well. Well, there's like respect your father. No, what are the murders they showed? Oh, 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 like what are we still in for? No, I I don't remember what they said. The two two guys that had this in battle. They were brothers. Yeah. So don't fail fair. Was that the not honoring against your your parents? Well, there's also don't bear false witness against your brother. Oh, that's not like literal brother. That's like the against your neighbor. Your tribe or something. I don't know. Ten Commandments. I'm shaky on themselves. I know that like no less than four have to do with God being jealous. 
Cat's kind of a dick. But yeah. he, he, can, he can be. I guess his name is Jealous. He, that's he, that's he, what I was taught. He can be. Um, really, his name is Jealous. That's yeah. not what I learned. But then again, I grew up in a crazy cult. <laughs> so the Ten Commandments <laughs> are, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have no other gods, no graven images, don't take my name in vain, keep the Sabbath day holy, honor thy father and mother, don't kill people, uh, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, and do not covet. Interesting. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Because the arrangement of bodies in Bibles outside, the police officers who came to find that said, oh, why yeah. would you do this on a Sunday? Yeah. That's interesting. We use the original. Do you think Evans Peters is is literally possessing a new serial killer? No, I think he's still around. Maybe he is possessed. But he's just a because he oh, right because he can't leave the hotel, which we haven't talked about yet. Okay. Um. Okay, so let's just finish this real quick. Tristan is on Tinder. <laughs> this or Grinder? It would be Grinder, wouldn't it? Is it Glamper? It'd be Glamper, Glamper. spelled with a, a Y, with a P Y R. <laughs> he picks up. A By b- the way, if you're a modern day vampire, holy shit! Tinder and Grinder have to be a smorgasbord because you're this. Etherly beautiful, yeah. Per- that's going to just always be swiped right, <laughs> and it's just like it's like takeout. Yeah, it's exactly. just going to constantly come in. You don't have to pay them, <laughs> tip them, just grip them, rip them, and dip them. I don't know. Then yeah, dip them in the shoot. <laughs> so he picks up a beardy hipster and uh, takes him back up to his room, and then Elizabeth comes in. <laughs> hey, 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 dude! You're you're smoking hot, but vag action is a deal breaker for me. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Vag action. Um, so they kill him, and she says, I'd rather watch you feed, and touches herself, and then he feeds, and they have sex over the body. End episode, or episodes. Yeah, and there's kind of some really interesting things they're doing with, like, the objectification of this guy's body. Like, they have a bunch of shots of his, mm-hmm. like, dead body in his face, and they're just kind of thighs rubbing over it, and... Uh, it's I, it was ended up being like this is a bloated episode and it yeah. should have been too, but there was some horrific stuff and some interesting ideas in here. Yeah, and I'm already preemptively bemoaning the fact that they gave such a marquee vital role to Evan Peters. Really. He's just going to... Uh, th- 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 so, I knew he was going to be in every season regardless. Because he's doing fine when he's doing this posh bullshit kind of crappy accent and, you know, doing crazy stuff. But he's going to eventually have to inject some pathos into this role to make it interesting. And they're just going to get shouty Evan Peters. Mark my words. We'll see. But I i don't the know. The second half of this season is going to be nothing but shouty Evan Peters. And we're all going to be like, ugh. I feel like Donovan right now. I am just, I'm all in. I'm in love with this episode, and it's probably <laughs> just going to break my heart later. All right. I feel like Sally, just crying. Anything else we want to talk about? Should we get straight to email? Chasing that high. Because <laughs> we got a lot of it. We do? Yeah, we do. Awesome. First up, Anthony says, I have to call bullshit on Ryan Murphy declaring that Lady, Gam- Lady Glampire, Lady Gaga's Countess character not being a vampire. This vampire concept is taken directly from the 1983 cult classic, The Hunger. Ooh. Instead of the finger knives used on the show, the vampires in The Hunger use a small necklace knives formed in the shape of the ancient Egyptian Ankh symbol. Ankh symbol so hot in the 90s. It's so hot. So hot. You had Sandman. You had the crow. So hot right now. <laughs> 
Then there was the foursome turn slang that is depicted in Checking In, which is outright taken from The Hunger. It doesn't happen in the same bed, but in separate rooms in the movie. And the vampires in The Hunger don't meet their victims at a graveyard screening of Nosferatu, but in the club where Peter Murphy is singing his band uh, Baja's Bella Lugosi is Dead, which brings me to my last point. As if Ryan Murphy wasn't hitting us over the head that this reference with this reference already, he has that same song, Bella Lugosi is Dead, playing on the soundtrack as the new hotel owner is about to run into Countess and Donovan, just as it's playing when the audience meets the vampires in hunger. Why would Murphy, in an episode he both co-wrote and directed, go out in public and say these are not vampires when it's totally contradicting what he put in the show? And then in episode two, he has them say vampires. The word vampire came out of her mouth, however it was supposed to mean. I don't get it, man. It'd be like Robert Kirkman saying, we don't ever use the word zombie and then have everyone say zombie. I I don't understand. Exactly. If you don't want us to call them vampires, give us another word. Feeders? I don't know. But... Uh, yeah, he's he's just thank tro- you for that. I didn't, Murphy's I'd, just trolling us, is what it is. I don't feel like I've seen, and I have seen a lot of pop culture. Well, we're gonna have to watch The Hunger. Yeah, I don't feel like I've seen it enough seems to right get up our alley. all the things that Ryan Murphy alludes to. D. Floyd says, I know we're already in episode two, which I haven't watched yet, but I wanted to see what your opinion is on something I noticed from the first episode. When John loses his son, he turns his back to check his phone. We don't know who the text is from, but he smiles when he reads it. It struck me as being kind of a secretive, happy smile, Mm -hmm. or at the very least, it was someone he was happy to hear from. My question is thus, do you think he was cheating on his wife and that message on his phone was from his girlfriend? Yes. Now, we do know that he was in some kind of drunken blackout thing, but that also could be a cover story. He could have just been looking at a meme of a cat. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. The cat playing the piano. That's what gets me every time. Um, but no, I think that's something to be on the lookout for, that mm-hmm. maybe he's not being honest with us as the audience and Sally as the ghoul when he's telling his life story So <laughs> through he, flashback. He has to make reparations to himself and his own life in order to get his son back. Hmm. It'd be interesting if this one man has violated all Ten Commandments. That's true. He's Elizabeth ties into it some way. He hates his parents. To her husband's mission statement. He's crazy. He's crazy in idols. We see lots of kids being piled up. How many are there? There's 10. Oh my God, there are 10. Oh, what? No, that was confirmed that, before really? the season started. Ten? Yeah, there's 10. So maybe you can get them back. If you commit all of the sins? No. Or if you atone you, for the sin. If you, you atone for the sin. All right. Uh, Marcia says, I thought I resembled or I noticed resemblance to AHS hotel rug pattern to the rug pattern in the hotel in the movie The Shining. Mm-hmm. A Google search brought up the, this article, which explains that the producers did indeed do this intentionally. And this is a popsugar.com article quoting yeah. Murphy saying that, yes, they did rip the, ho- the not rip, play homage to the carpet in, <sighs> rip. in, uh, in The Shining. You know, like that in the show notes. Uh, I can, I can, if, if you think that's a good idea. We also have a, a bunch of more things that tie in the shining, but we'll get there in a bit. Okay. Should have put those emails close together, but yeah. wasn't thinking. No, you weren't. Wasn't, I just Murphian. I was yeah. just writing at a keyboard. <laughs> Store of Coke. So long. <laughs> oh, another unrelated email. Uh, <laughs> Andy B. Uh, Here's some actual feedback about Hotel and how it may relate to season one, which is something that you guys that have seen all the seasons are super into. Murder House and Hotel has an actual connection from the first episode through the real estate agent Marcy, which we briefly discussed. Mm-hmm. My thought when he introduced we we are introduced to Sally is that this hotel is the same curse upon it that Murder House had, in which that someone 
dies there, their spirit remains here unchanged for the rest of eternity. I'm further convinced that we see Liz Taylor, who hasn't perceptibly aged in 20 years, and also the maid who may be a parallel to Moira, the maid from Murder House. Mm Mm-hmm. This is compounded by Liz's declaration that some of the old-timers have been here since the dawn of time. (laughs) One problem with this theory is the vampire characters, and that if Donovan, who hasn't aged in 20 years, was under a similar curse to the murder house curse, he shouldn't be able to leave the premise of the hotel. Well, so I think in the new episode, we see that they are clearly not ghosts. They are are vampires. Sally died? I'm not convinced Donovan died. I think he was brought back from the brink before he did die of this overdose. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. I think that the ones who actually did die can't leave. And I think there is some sort of special Halloween curse episode that we're going to get. But no, that sounds perfectly reasonable, not being able to leave the hotel. But where is Sally going? When she was coming back into the hotel to try to get access to the fashion show, where had she been? Huh. Not sure. Because she seems like she's dead, too. There's no way you can do that to your teeth. She's very dead. Yeah. She's very dead. They continue. uh, It's said the hotel is going to be the most bloody and scary of all the horror stories, but I can't think of anything more horrific than episode six of Murder House. So skepticism here. I don't know. I Hmm. Scare. I don't think any of the seasons have been particularly scary. Nothing as horrific as the teeth stuff. That was just nightmare fuel. Um... I saw some really disturbing, like, Nazi experimentation in Asylum. Yeah. And that was where it got, like, body horror type stuff. Yeah, there's some of that, too. I think that, like, Coven and um, Freak Show were supposed to be more, like, psychological horror. Mm. I mean, what they did to um, Russell Edgington at the end of that was pretty fucked. Turned into a little chicken man. Uh, moving on, Nathan P said, we really should have done some bald move AHS bingo cards for this season with Evan Peters shouting being one of the squares. <laughs> I love it. That said, the character is much more interesting than any of his previous incarnations. So if Gaga and the Dandy really are vampires, are we finally going to get a satisfactory ending to True Blood? Is Murphy going to fix his mistakes? Will Cleopatra Edgington be next? <laughs> also, Dandy has grown up from his spoilt child act to enjoy his rebellious and experimental teenage years. Mother, I really want to be in a fashion show. No, then I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> Finally, I seem to remember Aaron saying that he was going to watch seasons one and two in time for the start of season five. What happened? Get on that. You son of a bitch. I need to stop saying things like you that. You are just letting I'm our audience. I'm always cashing checks that my podcasting ass. <laughs> it's Aaron's addiction. It, it's, yes. It's not fulfilling promises. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, life happened. Life got in the way. Uh-huh. Let's move on, Anthony B. The story detective Lewis tells Sally is actually based on a real tragedy from this past March in Maryland. The guy tried to use an indoor generator to warm mm-hmm. his family, and they all died. He has an article to the Baltimore Sun, which I will also include in the show notes if you'd like to read the horrific details. Perfect. That's the same place where that serial podcast takes place. A lot of shit going down in Baltimore. <laughs> and the entirety of The Wire. I mean, there's like, yeah, Baltimore's <laughs> yeah, Bodymore Murderland, as they call it. <laughs> Doug L says, I think it goes without saying that The Shining is a big daddy of haunted hotel stories, and it's clear that it's a big inspiration for AHS. Clear. With that in mind, I thought it might be worthwhile to point out some of the more interesting connections. Yes, please. Uh, number one, addiction. This one's rather obvious, but Jack Torrance's struggle with addiction is central to the narrative. Here, that's personified by an actual addiction monster. Moreover, Wes Bentley's scenes in the bar directly echoes those of the Kubrick film, right down to the ghost who tempt him. Interestingly, King has said in uh, he wrote the book inspired by his own battles with addiction. 
Number two, an Indian burial ground. The Overlook Hotel is said to be built on an ancient Indian burial ground, perhaps explaining its ghostly properties. Mm. This is reinforced with props in the background and blazoned with Native American logos and other such visual cues. Here we have the Hotel Cortez, named for a man whose biggest accomplishment was the subjugation of natives. Is that a shout out to... Interesting. Um, or is that a like crossover from Fargo with a massacre at Sioux Falls? I doubt it. I don't, I don't know. They're on the same network. I'm yeah, just I making a see. network joke. I think Murphy would do that, but Fargo, you know, Murphy would be the one to do that. And Holly would be like, oh, that's sweet. And then Fargo would pretend like they didn't know who you were at yeah, the exactly. premiere party. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's just you know, not even making eye contact with Murphy. Uh, Labyrinths, number three. The Overlook's geography makes no sense and its grounds contain a literal maze. The flashbacks to March make it clear that Cortez is designed the same way in true H.H. Holmes fashion. Mm-hmm. Number four, the Evil Room. Room 237 is Shining and 64 and AHS both serve the same purpose, a central hub for evil activity. <laughs> The latest episode featured a corpse couple in the shower. This must be a nod to the corpse Nicholson kisses in The Shining, of course. Exactly. Of course. Yes. Number five, Lost in Time. The Shining contains a number of chronological ambiguities, especially in its twist ending, that suggests the events of the film are part of a larger cycle, that perhaps time loses its meaning within the hotel. The Cortez residences are all either immortal or ghosts, also removed from the normal passage of time. Yeah. These, so, essentially... We're dealing with a shining homage. Yeah. With vampires. With vampires. In addiction. Well, but that's still a shining montage. Or homage. Well, they never had like a Sally addiction demon type character. They just had Jack Nicholson who liked to drink a lot. Well, but. And then took up drinking again. We're talking thematically. Like if John Lowe weren't a detective, but he were a writer. If he were a journalist following the Ten Commandments Mm. killers, then that would be exactly well, we still same. have lots of time for a writer to come forth yeah telling the story we have lots of time, we have lots of time. <laughs> speaking of chronological ambiguities who knows again yeah. we could be 13 episodes we could be 13 hours we could be 20 hours mm-hmm. i wonder if murphy has got like a bet going like how long an episode can i submit before fx is like look look <laughs> we love creators we love creators but you cut it or we will <laughs> Uh, so that's all we got for this week. Yeah. If you'd like to give us more feedback, you can do so at ahs at baldmove.com or get on the forums, discuss it. Ooh, discuss the forums discuss now. your thoughts. Yeah, Cecily's actually retaking the forums. Mm-hmm. You were on the forums briefly last year, and then you do you vam- vam- most. Are you do you get skittish? Are you like a white-tailed deer? I do. I go to post a comment or something on the forums, and I'm like, oh, I better save it for the cast. Nah. So I'm gonna wait until after the podcast comes out, and then that's I think that's when I'll get on and start talking. Uh all right. Well, you gotta you gotta get in where you fit in. Right. So yep. We will see you next week for the next three hour episode of the American <laughs> Horror Story. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily. Bye bye. <laughs>